Ugh. What do you want? Uh, thank thank grief? I told you to piss off. And piss I did. But that's not important right now. Take a look at this. What? Leonine. And it's got an engraving from my dead wife. That's right. How about you read that and see if that changes your mind about letting us ride the trolley? Dear Magnus. Oh, that's me. I'm breaking up with you. What? And that's not all, douche kayak. Your drinking has caused everyone in your life harm, and also your snoring. Arguably more the snoring. I told you to go see a doctor about your sleep apnea. Your stubbornness is killing the both of us. <laughs> She's got that right. Shut up, you silver prick. I've decided to prioritize myself, so I went to sleep in the mines, as one does. And now the mines have crumbled and I'm dying and it's all your fault. Love, Agna. P.S. That love was ironic, in case you're too drunk to pick up on irony right now. Oh my god. Well? Well, what? Well, clearly your wife was over you, so how's about you help with that trolley now? You think that giving me Leonine with a Dear John letter etched on it from my dead wife is going to motivate me to work on the trolley for you? It's a big piece of Leonine, so... yes? No, you idiot, I hate you even more now. Piss off a ton and don't ever come back or I will kill you. Well, I would, but I'm fresh out of piss. Anyway, what about this uh, verberite gold piece with a self-emancipation notice etched on it from your dead son? What? Is it real gold? Yep, but it does come with the reminder that you're a terrible father and person. Oh, who cares? I'm going to be rich. All aboard, turds! You are sober, right? Absolutely. This episode of Stormbuds, we make our way back to the desert, and it's so hot. We help a drunkard out with a train, and then we go fight an old man. That's about it. I, and, you know... Something something else somewhat important happens, arguably. I don't know. I, f- I feel like no change has been made whatsoever. Welcome to Stormbuds, you gay sluts. It is pride. <laughs> That's fucking right. It's Shataru time. And um, this episode of Stormbuds, we are covering the fourth chapter of Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers. Um, this is, of course, the Final Fantasy XIV recap podcast of your dreams. That's right. That's right. Your dreams are back. Your, your dream boats. I'm your host of light, Jerome Barbatsis, and I am sleep deprived. Joined with me, joined with me, joined, we are joined together. We're conjoined with me is my co-host of light, Alexander Hambrock. Say hello. You know, I am also sleep deprived and there's not a whole lot to talk about this episode. So I think we're setting ourselves up for a really good combo here. We've got a lot to make fun of this episode. Um, because nothing happens. Nothing happens. <laughs> My fucking God. Just I did not think fixing this trolley would take like 12 quests. To catch you guys up, we are on the first. We are trying to save this planet from an impending doom being consumed by an ever- encroaching flood of pure light energy uh, and crystals and everything's uh, horrible it's just basically a zombie apocalypse and we're going to take out the big five head light wardens that are zombie generals i guess we've got three down so far we're doing the fourth this time yes yes basic that's just about it every time we do the night sky returns and people go oh the stars we haven't seen them in over a hundred years yeah well i mean that pretty pretty sweet but before we get to that we got to talk about our side quests and boy 
We've got some interesting side quests today. Do do we not? Tell us about your side quest, Alex. I I haven't really like watched any TV or played any video games. But you went on a trip. I did go to California. Yes, yes. you went. You went. You went I, wild. We, yeah, we a sure real did. Side quest. Spent seven days out in California, um, and we we packed everything into them. We did uh, Yosemite National Park. We did Monterey Bay. We went to State um, Point Lobo State Park. Hell yeah! Lots like just like everything in Northern California. Basically, anything you can do within about four hours of the Bay Area, we we hit it up. That's fantastic. It was pretty great. I got to say, especially like Point Lobos State Park. If you were ever in North California and you haven't been there, go check it out. Kind of off the radar, but absolutely gorgeous environment. One of my favorite places I think I've ever been. That's that's awesome. Well, I'm really glad you are back safe and sound and you had a wonderful uh, trip, journey, sojourn, what have you. Yeah, I didn't actually get sunburned while I was out there, funnily enough, but then I got back and went to the beach and got really badly sunburned. So well, I guess it kind of caught up with me. Uh, yeah. That's that sucks. That's just nature scolding you, I guess. Well, um, hubris. Yes, hubris. As for me, I video games pretty much only. Um, I rolled credits on three games while you were gone. The first of which was Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. Oh yeah, how long did that take? Um, I want to say ninety hours or so, maybe closer to hundred. I don't know. I Great. didn't. I didn't do every shrine. Um, I did light up the entirety of the depths. I was like, that's I care a lot more about that. Um and I got the I got got the the gear and the the things I wanted and enough stuff and I explored enough and I was just like, Okay, it's time to be done because another game I weirdly rolled credits on is Street Fighter Six. Oh yeah, how hmm. I, <laughs> there is a world tour mode there that's a story mode. It took me about thirty hours. Really? Yeah, like it was to beat the size, story mode? Yeah, it was a sizable chunk of like not i'm not gonna say open world but just like a questing hub sort of oh, rpg right. it does have that thing going on character right. creator content with a pretty loose campy stupid story that has an, uh, it has an ending i'll tell you that <laughs> is the ending definitive um does everyone die um does someone become I god so. i don't think so but it's it's certainly it's certainly um it's certainly explosive I'll say that much. Um, it was. I mean, I loved it, and I still am playing Street Fighter Six online every so often. But uh, the third game I rolled credits on is a game that I had started before Zelda came out, Horizon Forbidden West. So you ended up beating it after we hung up the other night. Yes, because Final Fantasy Sixteen is coming out tonight. Oh, sure. Okay, <laughs> you need to get a clear plate. And I'm just like, okay, I need one break. <laughs> That was a very good game. I'm expecting Final Fantasy 16 to be about as good as it, you know, um, based on what the reviews and like kind of the premise and what we've been shown so far. I'm just like, okay, this is going to be like a really good, but not like life-changing game like Zelda. I, I'm hearing great combat story people are kind of mixed on. So yeah, it should yeah, yeah. be interesting. I'm, I'm here for a campy story. You know, I'm fine with it. If it's over the top, overdone, whatever, who cares? Um, but yeah, we'll, it's just sort of, it just sort of, it always depends on the sort of characterizations of the people in the story. Cause there's really only so many stories that video games tell. Even, yeah, there, were there some, sure are. There were some, there were some overlapping threads between a lot of Final Fantasy games and Horizons story and things like that. So I'm just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, it just is what it is. Um, but yeah, if that's only a Final my... Fantasy game could have a story as haunting as Norco. <sighs> Um, 
I don't know. I mean, Narco is not perfect. <laughs> I, which Final Fantasy? I would say Tactics comes pretty fucking close. I need to play Tactics. Too. Tactics is definitely, I think, the most disturbing one. Haunt and yeah. Anyway, um, excellent. Uh, you know, a lot of really fun, fun trifecta of games. Um, I'm really excited for a more narrative-driven based experience. I mean, I just did Horizon, but it's like Horizon is completely open world, and I know that Final Fantasy 16 is going to be semi-open, like 14 is. And like my criticism with open world games is that they're really just sort of they're still sort of just jigsaw pieces put together yeah you get to an area you find a new area yeah it's like it may as well it may as well just like be separated with borders or some like for some reason like these like 14 does because like there's still it still feels like there's a lot lot of world in between the spaces we've been left to explore you know what i mean well like the whole like the whole like region between um uh what the hell the old i mean il sabardian continent for sure but even the region just to the left of uh doma with the dalmasca and stuff we've only really seen a little bit of it uh there's that there's like some bits and bobbles in between the city states in eorzea we haven't been to the other islands of hingashi like there's so more like there's like so many more places you can go i guess within the scope of the same game for final fantasy 14 whereas horizon like you kind of have your playground and it's just like and it's one and yeah the next map. yeah and like the next and you kind of know game is gonna it could be anywhere really but but also like you kind of know what you're gonna find in every area here but, the bandit camps there yeah. the the alphas uh-huh. what are they called the, the were they called alphas or the, the uh, big ape, i don't know apexes yeah but like he, those are randomly generated i think um kind of i don't know well i've ranted on enough about that about open world nonsense let's go back to our closed world with Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers. Oh, that is what this podcast is currently about. Yes, currently. Uh-oh, a hint. <laughs> That's right. Eventually, it will stop being about Shadowbringers. Eventually, it will stop being about Shadowbringers. That's right. Not for a while yet. <laughs> um, so we're going to cover the, uh, again, fourth chapter that is the kind of return to Amarang. Going back there, and it starts with a quest titled When It Rains. Oh shit! What up? We're under attack. Actually, we ended the last. Episode yeah, I was like, attack. oh yeah, like it. We stopped, and there was some kind of commotion happening outside. And then I did not play the game for like a week and a half, and then we came back, and oh no, sin eaters are attacking outside. That's weird. The night sky's there. We should be safe from sin eaters. The innkeeper is also. <laughs> the innkeeper seems very confident. He's like, yeah, there's an attack happening, but the the custodian keeps us safe. You can go back in your quarters and relax if you want. Yeah, I don't think that would be weird. That would be weird if our character just didn't help. Although, once we get out, the narrative, we, we get out because we're like, no, we're going to go out there and help people. We got to see what this commotion's about. And then we get out and kind of the little narrative voice is like, few townspeople are about and the ones who are don't appear to be in distress. And it was like, oh, oh okay, maybe maybe yeah. you don't need my help after all. Well, we'll, well, we'll, we'll yeah, I mean, we got to, they're used to this, I guess. Yes, the the people here they know their drills. They know how to, you know, uh, defend the Crystarium. But Alice finds us and is similarly confused. What's going on? Where did the Sinners come from? We restored the darkness. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was like, I've got a guess. Where's the one place they could be coming from? It's fucking yeah. Well, it's not subtle, but they we gotta wait for the cast to catch up. Um, before we do anything else, we gotta make sure we're sure we set up set help set up the barrier beacons for the crystal exarch to cast a protective spell. They're at the um, they're uh, kind of 
They're at some in- extremely inconvenient locations. Along these very long spindly bridges that we yeah. have to run along. Yeah, the, the, but once they're set up, the Crystarium is protected by a barrier that is quite similar to Seria's wall. Uh, neat, I guess. You know, the hexagon, the little yeah. honeycomb. We throw it up just in time for all the cylinders to smash into it like birds just, into windows. Yes, just in time, just like bees into venomous spiders. The cylinders <laughs> then try to fly in it, but zap, zap, zap. Wasp set a bug at li- like, you know, you know, it's like a bug light kind of zap. Yeah, thing. like moths to a flame. Mm-hmm. How, how many more analogies can we drop in here? Could you like six more? Like bees to slightly less venomous spiders. There we go. Now we must help the military defend the rest of Lakeland. So okay. Get out of there. So now we run out. Now we engage in a duty. Now we basically run across the Lakeland landscape, killing Sin Eaters. And credit to them, my God, they managed to convey the number of Sin Eaters because it is a lot of them. This duty takes a while. We kill many, many Sin Eaters. Mm-hmm. People fighting Sin Eaters off on the side, just just dying. <laughs> Yeah, it's constantly like, you like, keep the forces alive, and then all of a sudden, like, a big senior will land in front of you and kill ten people at once, and you'll be like, well, great. Cool. <laughs> great. Um, we There's a military station at the center of Lakeland we meet up with, Yustola and Orange, yeah, and move on. God, I'm loopy. Try to be as fast as we can to uh, save as many soldiers, and then we meet up with uh, Thancred and Minfilia, uh, the backside of that. We fight some bears. Uh, yeah, yeah, eight, angel killing eight soldiers at once. Um, at this point, the the group's like, man, these city eaters sure are organized. That's unlikely. That's weird. Anyway, uh, we run all the way to the Ostal Imperative on the other side of Lakeland, and things are looking pretty grim. Uh, we show to help out. We fight off a whole lot in the next thing, and Alice pulls off a big explosion. Um, so that's good for her. We cut then to a cutscene with Minfilia killing some scene eaters, but being a little bit worn out. When She's got her double somebody, daggers. Yeah, when we hear a scream off from a distance, and it's Lena who is being cornered and pounced on by like three sin eaters she runs in whips some ass and saves lena from a group of from the entire group of sin eaters just like spinning around with her knives and kicking the shit out of them but then more sin eaters attacks then thancred has to run in yeah and then just because thancred had to block one sin eater from her she whatever we'll get into that i mean this whole thing is about minvilia uh self-worth but at this point um lena thanks us for the help and then points out that the sin eaters that attacked her were actually her soldiers who had turned to sin eaters oh great oh that's horrifying also it- somewhere in here ghost Ardbert uh grimaces and tries to attack a sin eater with his ghost sword praying that he will be able to have some kind of impact on this fight hmm. um which is setting up sort of like his increasing sense of impotence and being cursed with this ghostly form that does not allow him to actually like have any impact on the world but really renders him a passive spectator forced to like you know relive his own worst memories so you know he's got that going on yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He tries to stop a sexy sin eater from eating some people, but they have gotten they got eight. It's uh, it's pretty sad. He just flops right through. And then all of a sudden, we seem to have driven them back. It's not clear to me. I thought we were still doing pretty poorly, but then the rain kind of clears, mm-hmm. and the narrator's like, and then the sin eaters were driven back. And I'm like, okay, I guess we managed to stabilize and kind of, yeah, kind of at least bear off the brunt of this there first was assault. Plenty of casualties, and then we um. Uh, that ends that quest basically word, uh, word from on high is the next quest and we're tired but we gotta help some wounded so we go and we shove our hand at them you kind of palm them in the face as one does in this game uh, and many of them might in fact be turning and will one be guy on their way to Amarang to die one guy one is guy, just traumatized he just asks us to kill him if he starts to turn we then um, once we tend to them we go see Talina she at first tries to shrug off her, uh, you know, injury as part of the job, but 
what fuck she at first tries to shrug it off as part of the job but as she tries to get up she falls over on her injury and has a total and complete breakdown it's about really how good. miserable this all is yeah she's, she's like fine she's, like, she's better than fine it's fine i'm better than the dead ones so i'm not gonna fucking complain about it and like and she's she's crying and she's really not handling it well that like that she lost a bunch of people right here and like and she thought that they were so close we were making progress we were defeating the light wardens um, it seemed like we were winning yeah props to her voice actress the name I can't remember, but she is also going to be playing Maria in the upcoming Silent Hill 2 remake. Oh, yes. Yes, it did come up. So. I can't... I am very curious to to hear her voice again. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Um, right after that little little meltdown, you know, let her process, some blimps appear, and uh, Vothri, over megaphone, announces his sovereignty over some of the, the, the peasants and blames the Crystarium, you know, for rising up against the Sin Eaters. You know, this is your fault. And the way he said, peace and harmony, with a little lilt in this thing, he's like, oh, you could have peace and harmony, was very funny. This is divine retribution <laughs> for our plans. The heavens have bequeathed you a benevolent savior, me. No, it's me. I'm the good one. I offer you freedom from pain and suffering. I like, I, I like Vothri. Like, he's a after He's a clown, but he's great. After being frustrated by some villains who felt like they unintentionally didn't have enough going on, I appreciate that Vothri very deliberately has very little going on. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, following quest, small favors. Okay, well, that was nice of Vothri to stop by, I guess. Let's go check on Thancred and Minfilia. Thancred being wounded, otherwise fine. Minfilia is currently dissociating, so we have to actually slash poke her to get her attention. Yes, we do. Why She's gathering some herbs. Why can't we just use our words? That's a weird... Whatever. That's weird. Don't just poke people. Well, yeah, and like she, she's really upset here because she, she, the way that she sees it, she rushed in to help Lena, and then Thancred had to save her and got himself injured. And I'm just like, girl, stop making everything about your own failures and your own inadequacies. There's so true. much going on in that battlefield. Like, yeah, this is not it's just a team effort. You screwing up, and and she's like, you know, I'm only here because I, because I'm supposed to be like Minfilia, and I need to be better. And my notes are just like, no, you need to be your own person. Fuck being Minfilia, which is, is where she's gonna get to thankfully but we'll get there <laughs> yes um but and then i'm like okay got, i'll go get the other herbs you go back to the hospital yeah but basically we go we do a little puzzle not puzzle to go figure out which herbs are it's, right it's not really a puzzle you just go you just guess okay well um uh before we meet up with the exarch when we go back to the ho- hospital is that where we go um uh, yeah infirmary whatever yeah, like yeah sure uh there's a soldier that's like hey d- tell the crystal exarch don't, don't give in to Gulmore. And okay, dude, cool. We weren't planning on it, but nice knowing you. This is like, the, I'm enjoying this expansion a lot. Uh-huh. It is a bit of a recurring thing. And we're going to get into it a bit when the Minfilia stuff really happens a bit later also. Mm-hmm. We're like, characters keep talking to us as if we have expressed through our planning on like doing things that we clearly are not. So it's like, don't yeah. give up. You have to like, you know, take this fight to you more. It's like, you, like you said, we're not planning to give up. Did any of our main cast express any doubt about our course of action? We no, didn't need the we're, reassurance. We're good, but we're good. Okay. Well, I guess we're super not going to give up. Yeah. Uh, the best way out is the next quest. And in the ocular, we all meet up and Emmett trots in like he owns the place as usual. I will say, I do appreciate before everyone else shows up, we had a quiet little moment here in which it's just us and the Exarch. Oh, yeah. And we try and talk to him. And he's like, oops, do you want to talk kind of like we're like, hey, can we just talk to the two of us? And he's like, 
If we do, if I confess my doubts, you won't share it with the others? No, you have your own burdens without adding mine. And I, I like that a lot, that the mm-hmm. Exarch also clearly has doubts about how all this is going and clearly doesn't really know exactly how this is all going to play out. And he has to keep it to himself and kind of keep a steady course in order to keep this whole thing on track. Because, yeah, because because of Emmett trotting in. Uh, he does blame us. Uh, Emmett does blame us for not inviting him. Otherwise, he wouldn't be so late. I mean, seriously. It's just logical. It's just, it's just rude of us. Now, uh, we talk about the Sin Eater inconsistency. Pretty obviously, the Minions of Light answer to Avothri himself, right? Yeah, didn't we already know this? Didn't we kind of knew that. I guess with speculation before, but now we no, have proof we of it. we knew that, but like... Valtry can control the Sin Eaters. Yeah. Also, it turns out he's using mind control on people, not Sin Eaters. This is a much bigger reveal. Yeah, because <laughs> he used, uh, tried to use that mind control spell on um, the Exarch. That's what that was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the purple thing. So that's why his subjects are also weird, because there yeah. are some true believers and a lot of thralls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now we um, revisit the Sin Eater mission. You know, we stay the course. Alice has a lead on a possible place for a Sin Eater, so we should probably go to where she was in Amarang. Uh, but it's going to be hard and annoying. However, conveniently, Minfilia points out that the real Oracle of Light, you know, could probably just tell us where the Light Warden is, right? So because she can implying, perceive imp- them implying yeah. that she doesn't feel like she's the real Oracle of light uh, by way of being summoned back at the place where she halted the flood of light. Like she knew she knows that Minfilia took control of her body right when she was spot. at that one spot. So if we're going to go to Amarang, we may as well get her back to actually tell us where the light wardens are. And she confronts Thancred about something here, which is apparently like something that she knew, but didn't let him know that she yeah, understood. Yeah. Emmett Selk actually kind of like, is like, Oh, interesting. Oh, she, Thancred says, yeah, do you know what you're asking? And she's like, yes. Cause Dad. like the way that she understands it, at least to fully accept the power of the Oracle of light, the original Minfilia will result in like, in like a joining of the two of them that will result in one or the other being fully consumed probably. And like, and because you know, our poor girl doesn't think very highly of herself. She's probably ready for it to be her, right? She's probably ready for herself to kind of get absorbed and obliterated to bring the true, the original Minfilia back to life basically. Yeah. Emmett Sock points out that one of the oracles within her soul, she's like, oh, there's two, must consume the other. Um, he, he rhetorically asks why Thancred would then uh, never allow himself to open up to his clothes. Like, he kind of prods Thancred, too. Like, he, I don't know how to phrase this, but he's like, Thancred, why are you not allowing yourself to open up to your really close protege, right? Mm-hmm. Do you actually like her? Well, and then and then Thancred here, kind of the stance he takes is like, well, if that's a sacrifice that you want to make, like, who am I to argue with your decision? Like, he doesn't say it that explicitly, but it's kind of the tone. And I'm like, fuck you, dude. Jesus Christ. I mean, I know where this is going. I know this girl's not going to get consumed to bring back the original Minfilia, but even still. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, it's like, Emmett sounds like, wow, harsh, dude. <laughs> Another point for Emmett Sell. <laughs> Um, we get before we go. We 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 resolve to go to Amarang, but before we go, we have a moment to talk to a couple people here. One of them is Emmett Selk, and he offers. This is optional dialogue that you missed, but I got it. You got it. Uh, he's like, "Oh, do you want to ask me something?" And I say, "Yes." Uh, what about what's this all? What's Zodiac like? Is he cute? And Emmett Selk says, "Well, here's the story. Uh, we summoned him as your kind summons a primal, right? Uh, you know, but he's a lot more powerful than your regular primal." Um, and, uh, he did end up tempering us, you know, there's no, there's no resisting it. Like, even though, you know, we're, we're much stronger 
That dude is that dude's real buff. So they the Asians then came to solely exist about the rule of darkness, um, and you know, uh, darkness and and thus action activity, thus chaos. Of course, you know, some people would think that they are evil and they would be fools, but that is only to be expected. You know, given their innate ability to conceive of the true nature of our universe. You know, he, he acts like he knows a lot. You know, at this point, he says he's just repeating himself. Two thoughts here. Yeah. One, I don't think they're going this direction, but the way that you just described that did make me think of an interesting kind of version of this, where, like, the Asians were and remain tempered by Zodiac, and so sort of, like, remain kind of, like, enthralled to the embodiment of his will, but also retain their own consciousness. And so a lot of, like, their weird personality contradictions emerge from the fact that they are driven to, like, you know, engage in this plan to bring back Zodiac, but don't actually really have that much sort of, like, personal investment in it in a way that kind of drives them insane. It seems inconsistent. It's, there are some Asians that are a lot more prone to chaos than others at this point. Yes, right. There was the there was like the masked men, and then there was Nabrialis, who was just fucking going off on his own, just recklessly attacking people. La Habrea, sort of. He wasn't as wacko as Nabrialis, but um, yeah, there there is a, a difference in their behavior, um, and there are still other Asians out there that are not. That are that are at the level of Nabrialis. Um, but yeah. Second thing I thought of was you mentioned Zodiac being buff, and I pictured him mm-hmm. as the big purple demon who was the final boss of Ring Fit Adventure. So that was fun. Wow. Well, good for you for making it that far in Ring Fit Adventure. <laughs> oh no, I just saw him in the cutscenes. I never oh, okay. made it that far. I, I, I got that game and it was like, hmm, I live in an apartment. This game oh. involves a lot of running in place. I can't in good conscience subject anyone below me to this. That would yeah, it'd be really, really annoying. Anyway, we've got some plan to get into Amarang. It's going to involve splitting our forces in two. In we, two. Also, we also asked Minfilia directly before we had out one, if she's sure. You know, if she's sure. And she is about this decision. Um, and she's, she's, about to make. she's like, no, I, I, want, I don't want to go back to being who I was. I want to be strong enough to embrace my destiny. Hmm. say then points out that we should probably not go the obvious route of the Flood of Light. You know, the way we went before because of Yulmar's bullshit. Um, so we got to take that other side of Amarang that we have not been to yet that's a lot more dangerous um and so we get to the quest free trade uh basic but basically what's we split up at this point the party out the twins and yashtola head over to the usual side the safer side of amarang to cause a distraction like ooh, we're finding the light wooden over here and then that's supposed to draw the entirety of yulmar's army away <laughs> yeah i mean i guess <laughs> It happens sure. off screen. Don't worry about it. That's... The point is that we get inside the Amarang region on our side of like things, and there's an old timey Western town because this is a part of the town where like all the mining and like you know frontier mm-hmm. sort of like stuff was going on with all the the, the machinery. And yeah, we make it stuff. to the Western side. Uh, there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of saloons, and and we get to this little village of Garik, um, and our reputation precedes us as the person that spends the verbatite gold. Um, so yeah, because uh, Zunzun is still there, or Zunzun is there now. He's sure. one of the yeah. kobolds that we met. Another one of the Exarch's, Exarch's sort of small miracles. Interesting. Um, as we can, and as we can get as much info as we'd like. As such, we can get as much info as we like. Wow, speaking is hard. We learn about three ways to get there. One is borrowing an airship from some nice Yulmorans. Another is a gondola on the cliffs that would most certainly spell death. And the other is an abandoned trolley. Let's go with the gondola. 
So, Jerome, at this point, I was when we decided to take the trolley. Yeah. I expected, okay, we've done stuff like this before. It's going to be, I don't know, two, maybe three quests oh, no. to like, you know, oh, no. just like get the trolley and board the trolley and the take trolley. the trolley in. There's a gate that's blocking yeah. the trolley. Yeah. How many quests could it take to oh, to open no. the gate that is blocking the trolley from taking us where we want to go? It's so ridiculous. It's the it's, gate. The gate we find out later on. I'm, I'm going to count right here. Actually, I didn't actually count this before. You keep talking. No, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go home. Fine. The yeah. The trolley problem is the next quest. We make our way to the gated trolley and we find some nine. Gated, it's oh nine. Oh my quests. god! It is nine quests. The trolley takes. It takes us nine quests to get this trolley working. We find some evidence that the trolley is actually still being maintained. Uh, there's some coffee around. And we deduce that the trolleys are still being pushed along by these golems, noted as Talos and Thancred. Observes there are people hiding from us. We go try to talk to them, but they raise their arms and we beat the. F- fuck out of him and How then dare you and then afterwards we explain ourselves and well, they're they like just that we are brigands because we look fucking weird <laughs> they were like well you're not miners and you're not traitors because neither of them look like that so but after a bit of discussion maybe we are you know i don't know they think maybe we're traveling performers and Rianje kind of eggs them on and thanker's like shut the fuck up we just want to get to train working and they're like oh why didn't you say so <laughs> so they take us uh, to the head of the train union the, the exact phrase they use here is, oh, the trolley. We're always keen to discuss the trolley. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you're keen? Okay. Oh, boy. Rust and ruin. The next quest. We escort this muscly chuckle fuck to twine. We can't take the tracks because apparently Minfilia's legs are too short. Yeah, uh, right. We, 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 sure. We, we, Whatever, you sexist pig. It takes us to meet the line man Magnus, who is very depressed and drunk and sounded like surrounded by... <laughs> I'm so... Uh, we're gonna learn week. so much about Magnus's tragic backstory he's surrounded by a lot of empty bottles of liquor yeah we're gonna learn way too much about this guy he tells us nothing of use and shoes us away great on track this is where we go and we have to, next quest we, on track you know yeah next quest is on so track. it's so time to ask around town for more information yeah kind of i don't know can we skip that and get to the repair bits i mean we, we've got we've got a couple character moments here oh. um Orianje <laughs> talking to thankred about the whole Minfilia situation and be like look are you really going to stand by and let this happen thankred to oh, yeah. his credit i think here he says this is a choice i've had years to decide where i stand Minfilia has spent too long in chains already i would not shackle her by letting my hopes be known she will decide i will stand beside her and protect her and like one okay good that you're respecting her choice two why didn't you say that what why didn't you say that the first time i will stand by your decision exactly you do. two you've never told her this <laughs> three also you would not shackle her by letting your hopes be known what are your hopes thankred what <laughs> like Technically, (laughs) boy, man, I could say pre-Shadowbringers, Thancred, I like the guy. Bit of a character assassination going on in this expansion. Thancred not coming off super hot to me. No, yeah, yeah, he's he's got some he's got some issues um, that I am not interested in developing any further. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I would like those to be resolved quickly. 
Yes. We need to um, get the cart up and running. We go help Jerky Boy, who's one of the engineers. <laughs> his name's Jerick. But Jerick. Our, our documents would not stop autocorrecting his name to Jerky, so we just started calling him Jerky. Jerick. So we, Jerick is like, well, if you do get the trolley fixed, you know, uh, you'll need the, 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 the rails to work. So come with me with that toolkit and we'll go repair the rails together. Yes. And then we take it out there and he's like, hmm, you know, on this signal, it doesn't really get used. There are some like big splinters that someone else could like, you know, cut themselves on if they were to try and repair it later. <laughs> hand me that sandpaper. And it's like, really? Uh, and he's it's like, hand me the, no, it's not even hand me that sandpaper. Hand me the correct tool for this. That's true. And you get the option to be like, would you like this oily cloth? <laughs> Would you like this wrench? And he's like, stop. (laughs) Do you want this trolley working or not? Do you want this coupon I got to Trader Joe's? (laughs) Backstory on the mines. They were exhausted pretty early on of what normal people could extract. So the Nabath Empire hit on the bright idea. They brought a great expense imported a lot of mystical engineers to build and manage the Talos golems Mm. to run the new operation. The town is named for the fruitful entwining of the old inhabitants and new engineers. How romantic. Surely there's a better way to run trains. Yeah, than having big golems push them. Like, I'm pretty sure this, this planet has discovered steam. Yeah. Anyway, yada, yada, yada. All the engineers ran off. But then a few years later, Magnus, who's one of the engineers, he came back. He had left to take care of his son who'd gotten got by the Sin Eaters. So he came back to repair the trolleys like his son always wanted because his son was into trains. And that was working for a while. And then, oh, we're interrupted by vultures that attack us. And we run back to town. Yeah. <sighs> vultures. Oh, we got to kill it. Got to clear the nests out, I guess. Right? Whatever. <laughs> the truth hurts. Something, something, lizard. Oh, no, down for maintenance. Oh, what? A oh, I skipped an enti- I have that note here. My bad. There's a Talos golem in town they've been meaning to repair. Orianje oh. um, stares at it. He's kind of frustrated. His first thought is like, huh, I thought by looking at it I could find a solution, but I guess not. <laughs> um, Damn. He does, he does figure out a few things. It needs it to have its veins suffused with ether, but it's fractured in places that impede the flow. So, okay, sure, we'll fix the veins, right? That will make it work, definitely. No. So we need to go kill some of the other living rock monsters outside oh, yeah, town definitely. in order to get some conductive ether to bridge the fractures. And we do that, and we bring it back, and Urianje attempts to activate it, and it fails. Because its etheric heart is also broken, and there's no substitute for getting another one. Do I sound irritated? You would think they would have come up with maybe a more maintainable solution, these engineers, right? Like, like, what happens if our supply of Leonine runs out? I don't fucking know. It's not. It's not going to run out for like three weeks. (laughs) Like what? How? (laughs) It's not. It's not like we're even in our crisis in real life, where it's like we're we're running out of a renewable, non-renewable resource. But it's like, okay, but that's going to run out over the course of a really long time. They they, they practice just in time Talos engineering. You know that. My lord. It okay. is, it is uh, really contrived. Really, really contrived. Just wait till you figure out how the gate opens. Just wait till we get there. Okay. The truth hurts. The place where hearts for Talos are mined is, of course, the mines of Amber nearby. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jarek tries to tell us about it, but he can't bring himself. He just goes, that's when she, when she, oh God, and runs off. Uh, Thanks for melodrama. being cryptic and not at all helpful. 
Uh, we go back and talk to his friend in the tavern who tells us everything. Magnus's wife was a miner. She was one of the great miners. She was the first to go looking for new golem hearts, the new material Leonite for it when they started failing. But most of the veins went dry ages ago, so she had to dig deeper. She had to dig too deep and too greedily. And the mine collapsed. And it took them months to find her body. And Magnus has never been the same since. And um, he really just spends his life in two places. Either he's getting drunk at the bar or he's getting drunk at her grave. Cool. So we go find him at his grave and he tells us to, yells at us to leave. And Thancred tries to connect with him here. And is like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. what was your name, son? What was your wife's son? Or wife's name? What was your wife's son? <laughs> your son what was your <laughs> son's name? What was your wife's name? Their names were Scully and Agna. And... And Magnus is just like, oh, being here at their graves, it beats going home, which isn't home anymore. And the bottles are never enough to drown my sorrows. And Thancred is like, no, no bottle is. Believe me, I know. And I'm just tearing my hair out. This is not good dialogue. This is... They tried. (laughs) Thancred tells about being an orphan. um, And then the whole thing with Minfilia. And we need to keep pressing on for those that we can still save. That's why we need your Talos. And to Magnus's credit, this conversation does not work on him. To Magnus's credit, yeah. Magnus is like, what? No, th- that is not at all like that. Your little inspiring speech is not actually. Like, you you know, are bad at this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Thancred kind of stomps off. Yeah. And as he approaches us, our Minfilia says, you know, she's not gone. No matter what you say or believe, she's not. We could still bring her back. And it's like, no, what if she is? It's important to learn to accept death. Like, does, <laughs> does, does our Minfilia just think that she needs to sacrifice herself to bring the other Minfilia back just for him? Uh, yeah. He just puts his ha- hand on her head and walks off yeah. and leaving her to stew in that. It's, there are so many points in this where just some really important conversations should be had with our girl Minfilia and no one is prepared to have them which is annoying oh because I am and I'm the protagonist but, but <laughs> I guess you're I t- a little too silent for her liking yep. okay yeah um I don't know a convenient it's, distraction uh, it's, uh, <sighs> a convenient distraction is in fact the next quest off we go to the mine in search of one Gustian who I guess owns and operates this thing this mine thing sure what i don't know we learned that leonine is the mineral we use to uh, run the talos and it's all too dangerous to get so we're fucked okay whatever i mean but there's a second way <gasps> a secret way why didn't we just why couldn't you just fucking open with that a secret second god thing. stop wasting our time he has a, it requires some payment for his trade secret so we're just like uh it's rather prob- than give him gill yeah just- gill doesn't work uh, we got to go find some more verbatite gold. He dropped a coin in the mines and he wants us to go find it. God, we have, I have 30 million gil on my character. <laughs> I'm, sure, okay. I'm sure that's worth more. Do we need more? Do we? Why do we need this? Then we have to go. It's another water jug moment where we have to, you get like a special buff to go interact with the thing. Oh, like the light drops. Yeah, yeah, the sun drops. Just, just let us go get it without that. Who cares? Oh, man, but if you think this quest is bad, wait till you get to a dirty fucking job. Okay. so what here's, a quest title. Here's the trade secret. Ugh. Rockworms. There are rockworms that kind of like migrate between the bottom and the top. Like they go down deep into the crevices in the earth and also they come back up to the surface. Yeah. And sometimes they come back up with valuable things. Usually no more than a few flakes of leonine. Le- leonine? 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 I don't care. Leonine? But I mean, like it's that or nothing. So basically, go get some smoke bombs. Use the smoke bombs to flush the rockworms out of the mines and hunt them to see if they're carrying any... Uh, 
Leonine. And then my note just says, this sucks so much ass. Yeah, um, nobody's going to listen to this fucking episode because <laughs> nobody wants to remember these quests, right? Our fucking, dude, like there's a little behind the curtain here. Remember that episode, Grapes? Uh-huh. Like, of all our early episodes, that one by far has the fewest amount of plays because it no does? one wants to talk. No one wants, like, who, everyone knows you could just skip that chapter. Like, it's so nothing. I didn't know it's that. It's almost, That's... like, this has, like, one or two moments at the end where it's like, oh, okay, there's the character development, right, where you'd be lost. But that one, fuck it. Who cares? I would love to hear, like, read, like, an oral history of how this whole section came together. I don't know. Yeah, so we had to put down the three smoke bombs all across the mine. And then, and only then, once we make our first trek across the entirety of the mine will then the next interactable things appear you couldn't have just like put the smoke bomb down and then killed the things you have to wait for them all and then all seven <laughs> of, of the rocks that like interspersed throughout the entirety of the mine fucking this quest is ass and what's what makes it worse when you're done Thancred's just like, you know, the old Minfilia was a miner. Did you know that? Here's some more off-screen character development for Minfilia retroactively that you had no way of knowing. Fucking great! <laughs> Thancred doesn't... Who cares? Also, you know what it turns out that the rockworms carried back up? A piece, a big piece of Leonite that had a messaging card. We're not even there yet. Okay. We're not even there yet. Thancred also uses the opportunity and says, I messed things up so bad. So I messed things up so I almost didn't do the Thancred voice. I messed things up so bad with her. But this Minfilia, I'm gonna do things right. But no, you you doing a bad job so far. You're doing a bad job with this one too. What you gonna get right on the next one? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like what's the Minfilia history? Oh my god. Uh yeah, yeah. Yes, but we did in fact find Leonine. He's like, Oh, look at this. It's a large chunk and it has a convenient engraving on it. From the, from Magnus's wife. I, I can let a certain amount of dramatic contrivance slide. The odds this of this really are bad. deeply improbable. This is so stupid. I would have much preferred it to be a blank piece of Leonine, and then we just like <laughs> the faked the message to get him to wake the fuck up. You know? We know we know his wife's and son's name. We don't need to know much else. We can just be like, This is I hope this fa- falls into you, your hands, my love. And I hope this helps bring the town prosperity and definitely helps get that trolley rolling for any would-be world-saving adventurers. You know? Okay. <laughs> we could have we faked it. Next quest. Oh. Have a heart. We need to go tell Magnus the truth. It's that she title. didn't die in vain, I guess? What she did. Yeah, she did. Okay. You know, but like mining. She, we got this piece of Leonite. Like so a mining we, vein? Wow! <laughs> I had to explain that joke three times. My, yeah, my momentum, momentum was carrying me. Okay. Yeah, no, you're right. She did die in a vein. We find Magnus by the grave and present him with the rock. He is so very touched by it and immediately offers it back to us for us to do with as we will. He's like, I can't bear to look at it. It just reminds me of her. And Thancred is like, come on. She would have wanted you to see the talents come to life. Come on, Thancred, Th- Thancred, just leave him alone. How do you know what she would have wanted? That's a very... Because he wrote what's on there. <laughs> Time this to character react. that I made up <laughs> is your wife. 
<laughs> time to react. Okay, he- here is one of the good scenes in this whole thing coming it's up true, here. It's true, it's true. One of the good scenes we have coming up. Time- we reactivate the Talos. Ariandre does a glowy hand thing. The golem glows and its eyes alight and it straightens up. Woo. And as it's coming back to life, Magnus kind of approaches us. And he looks at it, and all he can say is just like, you you left me for this heap of stone and rubble, this worthless pile of earth. Like, seeing the golem come to life did not, in fact, actually magically heal his feelings about his dead wife. It just made him feel worse. So, you know, like, that feels very real to the fact that lots, lots of times punchy, dramatic-sounding solutions, in fact, are not a way to cut to the Gordian knot of complicated emotions like grief and loss. The column, the, the, the mag, yeah, this camera does some fucking wild camera angles when it does this it like swoops in under his fucking chin and goes back around and then lands on a big dutch angle from his behind as he's looking at the at the talus the the cinematography here makes me is a little unearned yeah given given the build-up to this and like the solemn shadows shadow bringers music is playing like the like the like this is not well this is not the time for this they, they got limited tools in the toolbox like they they really thought this was a this was a fucking moment and then minfilia just randomly trots off like yuna in final fantasy 10 2 when she's in her because songstraps outfit with her arms flailing she's just like la, 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 just in the middle of fucking everything Minfilia. because i guess she's just bored that's what i do well she she's not she's she's no she's she's distraught. Just, she's distraught because she like she goes off and she's still completely emotionally messed up she's like constantly like beating herself up she's like i'm a burden yeah because I am helpless. nobody dares nobody's I'm like hopeless no, nobody's approaching her telling her that she's not <laughs> yeah no no one in our entire goddamn party <laughs> is telling this girl that she's worth anything and then your orange is like trying to console her not by doing that he just says actually i'm the burden <laughs> It's a fucking burden pissing contest. None of this is your fault. It's all my fault because I sent her here. So I literally saved everyone and it's my fault. It's just like, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't, if I were him, I wouldn't feel too bad about that because like, yeah, you saved two planets worth of people. And like, like, like the point he's making about the difficult decisions that await us and weighing life against loss. Like he's not wrong about that, but it's not what she needs to hear right now. She just needs to hear that. Actually she kicks ass and Mm -hmm. she's even brave. She's super brave for confronting this pretty much on her own. Since Thancred has been no help. (laughs) And then, and then, and then to kick. Oh my God. To wrap it up. we're, We're overhearing the entire thing. And Urianje leaves her sitting there, and then we talk to Thancred. Thancred's and just looming in the background, and we have an option to be like, hey, you should go talk to her. And he's like, nah. Not today. Oh, my God. But when? If not when? today, then when? If not today, then when? You just said how you're not going to mess this up. Fuck, go you, you keep doing it. Talk to her right now. Just do it. Just quit being a little bit. Uh, uh, Meanwhile, uh, in the Crystarium. He's the worst. Meanwhile, that's right. There's a meanwhile. The Exarch uh, is spying upon us. <laughs> Watching us revive the golem. Yeah. He's just like, God, this episode sucks. <laughs> Emmett Selk shows up and the Exarch is like, why are you even here? Just what a nuisance. What a nuisance he is. He um, he just is like, Ugh. I don't know. He just kind of goes into a lamentation about La Habrea's passion, about how it was fleeting, but he's uh, all forgotten about, you know, and unlike him. The Exarch, the Emmett Selk points out that he like loves to sleep, and it's like he doesn't answer the question, but he's like, "Hey, you know what's weird? Why don't you sleep? I love sleeping, cause like Laha Brea didn't sleep. I love sleep. Sleep's great. Why don't you do that? What's your deal, dude?" 
And then Emmett Sel- and Chris Sark's like, really? That's what you came here to, to talk about? And Emmett Selk says, why don't you tell them that we talk? <laughs> Come on. Like, this is, our relationship matters to me. And I, what are we? Is you know, Emmett, he's like, what are we? <laughs> is Emmett Selk deeply lonely? <laughs> that that adds some depth to this character. If, like, really he's he sure here is acting because like he has a, nowhere else to go. I mean, his compatriots are just no a bunch of chaos-loving fucking idiots. And he's and he seems to be like has some some uh, he seems to retain his his composure much more than the rest of his colleagues. So maybe he is. Isn't there even a bit here where like he's like, why don't you just have your warrior of darkness kill me? And the Exarchers like, I'm not in the habit of pointing him at my enemies like a weapon. And but just like very very, Emmett Selk is not doing okay. No, yeah, 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 Emmett Selk. God, I love him. <laughs> it's just like the way he approaches this conversation in such a roundabout <laughs> way. He all, yeah, because like, because the main point he's actually driving at here is that he gave birth to the civilization that built the original Crystal Tower, which I guess we didn't know that. We didn't know that he was also behind the Allegans. Yeah, but um, and nothing in the tower would give the Exarch the power to draw our souls across like realities the way that it did. Yeah. So like the tower didn't do that. The Exarch did that. And not even Emmett Selk has that power. So He's like, who, what the fuck is your so deal? Who is the Exarch? And where and how is he able to do all this? What he says in response is that he is the adjudicator of the sacred history with which you dared trifle. I am the keeper of this Tower's boundless wisdom and the wisdom of ages without age of everywhere and nowhere. The great work of those who tamed the wings of time and grasped the nature of the rift. Um, he's suggesting that he knows more than Emmett Selk about something. Uh, I bet he does. Time and space, particularly. Uh, full steam ahead. A steam! Okay. I told they do know about steam. I let's, have proof. They could have made a steam train. Okay, let's go. Magnus appears to have gotten his shit together. He's going to take good care of the Talos. We can finally go to this right. mine where we think that the Light Warden is. Or not, no, not question. there. Not the mine first. First, no. got to go to the wall so we can do the whole Minfilia deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not, not going to question his uh, change of heart. Uh, Minfilia hands Thancred some cartridges, including an extra special one that she's been filling up repeatedly since they first met. Does that do anything? We'll find out. Uh, we fly back and get into the trolley. Oh, well, I, I, I pick, I was like, so we have to walk all the way back to the Northeast corner of the thing. Yeah, I'm you like, picked just, me up. I'm just Thank like, you. get in the fucking car. <laughs> this is going to take forever. We fly back and get into the trolley and this is it. We're finally going to read the min, the, the OG Minfilia. Time for a duty. Uh, cut scene. Uriange stays behind so he can talk to the rest of the Scions to give them the update. Uh, so maybe he also just really doesn't want to see the OG Minfilia. I don't know. Maybe he's like, it's like, mm, I feel bad. I don't want to see her. <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me that they're going to have a hard time giving the Morans any sort of slip. I don't know why. Yeah. You know, but like, you know, something tells me that's not going to work, but whatever. As we watch the Talos push the trolley, it's abundantly clear to me that they they didn't need to give it such a sweet, sweet ass. <laughs> why that trolley got such good cake? Why, why did they make it so sexy? Also, apparently the pl- the thing blocking the gate from opening... It's a pressure plate? It's a pressure plate. could have just put a rock on it, and then we could have walked on the tracks. Man, it, 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 I've solved like 80 of these puzzles so far in Tears There's of the Kingdom. There's a bunch of rocks. Like, just like... <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and then we get through the gate, and, and on who's the other at the bo- side... And who's at the bottom of the hill? 
It's just Ranjit standing on the tracks. And we were like, <sighs> and so we ask him one, how is he here? Answer one who has oh, mastered Google no, 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 no. You're kicking the most. You're kicking. You're skipping the most important part. Freudian Sorry, right. slip because he kicks the train. He does kick the train, <laughs> and it goes flying into the air, and we're like, whoa. <laughs> And it's really stupid. Sorry, yes. After he has completely derailed our train by kicking it, is- then we ask him to we learn two things. One, he um how is he here? Well, one who has mastered Gukamats fears not the blackest pit. Or and the fieriest hell. Two, how did he know to, to meet us here? Well, he's just been waiting here for us the entire time. He knew that we would have to come here eventually, so he's just been waiting. Third question, who cares about yeah, Gukamats? What Who cares I, about him? My note here says, honestly, I'm not writing down everything he says. He's so boring. He's so, he's just he's just a secondary antagonist for the sake of being a secondary antagonist. He, he, he ain't got shit on Yotsuyu. He gets. I'm uh, not sorry. No, he really doesn't. Not not shit on Yotsuyu. Not even shit on like. I mean, I like. I think Thorden more. I mean, yeah. Like to me, like he's. Thornton was like the primary antagonist. I guess who is the secondary of heaven? The first part of heaven? Not really anyone. No, no, like, no I, I call him the secondary because like, Nidhogg ends up being the primary. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Because like, they just told that story over a mm-hmm. different patch structure. But anyway, but like Ranjit does kind of confront Minfilia here. And he's like, like it, 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 there's actually a little bit of a personal angle for this. Like he feels a bit betrayed by yeah, her. Yeah, finally we get like he, a little he, bit of his motivation. Yeah, he trained her. He fought with her. He like, you know, and, and when her previous incarnations died, he always found the successors. And he's like, we, we are trying to bring peace. Your friends here are trying to bring chaos, et cetera, et cetera. And then... I feel like at this point, they don't... I don't even remember. I don't remember. And so I'm with you on this detail here. Is he is he mind-controlled? Or is he just oh, magically... Is he just fucked yeah, up? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You would. I would think that they would like... Do they just spoke about it, right? But both of them, the mind-controlled stuff. Would, like, they, you would think that at this point, they would... Do leave another clue about that if it were so maybe he's just not but like i wish he were i wish he was because that would make a lot more sense i don't know if i legitimately don't remember if he is or isn't because i because i don't give a shit about ranji like he just i'm like oh boy like it's it's been a few years anyway so like i know that i'm supposed to be the expert here but like i'm posing that question because i'm like they just talked about it but they didn't. I don't know if there's any hints about it. I was looking, and I was like, I don't know. I think he's just kind of an asshole. But but yeah, like it, it's super. Maybe not next clear. chapter. Maybe next chapter. We'll see. Because we are headed back to. We're obviously headed back to the the last zone, right? So so and then and then Minfili gets a bit of a speech here. Yes, and she says like, look, I don't know much about the world, but I never asked to be saved. However much it hurts, it's my life, and I want to live it on my own terms. And these people, these fools, these fools as you call them, I'm fighting with feel the same. I refuse to believe that it's all for nothing. And and like it's good. a it's a good little speech. It's good self actualization by her. I don't know that don't know we helped got, her on this. Emotional I don't know how journey. she got there. Yeah, like, yeah. Like did she what she needed was somebody to try and physically restrain her so to realize how valuable her autonomy is yeah is that how we're supp- is that what we're communicating it, it's just like necessary it, there's like there's beats to this story that i like a lot i think that as i think that like for all that we've been ranting about like her character i think it's actually very no, she's great very well it's sketched. not her fault yeah it's very well sketched it's like her, an accurate depiction suck. of someone who has lived through circumstances like this it's yeah. just that, like 
These circum- the, yeah. the connective tissue for how she gets from A to B feels a little thin. It's yeah, the only actual support she got was from Yestola last that chapter. one time. Yeah, one yeah. time. So I, there should have been more of that. And I don't think I, I don't I think Uriange's speech was meant to be sort of motivational for her. Um, but it's totally orthogonal to this. It's very it's like- orthogonal. <laughs> that's a good word. That's a good way to describe it. It's like that was a that was a hard left. <laughs> He's not even here right now, but like, yeah. And then Thancred steps in the basically Thancred steps in the way of the attack um, and taunts him, right? And then says, "I'm sorry for everything I left unsaid." Fucking. Then you should have <laughs> said it. You had so many chances. You were told by literally everyone, by Yashola, by us, to say things and have a conversation. By Uriange, everyone in this fucking party. By Emmett Selk. <laughs> yeah, seriously? Emmett when the Asian is giving you You're good not... advice for your adopted daughter figure? like <laughs> How fucked up is this stupid? I'm sorry for everything that's left unsaid. It's like, like, imagine I asked you at like 11 o'clock, hey, could you pick up some tea for us this evening? I'm all out of tea. And then and you're like, sure, I'll get it after lunch. And then I like check in with you. I'm like, hey. What tea did you get? And he's like, oh, you're like, oh, I forgot to get tea. And I'm like, cool, no big deal. And then at like four o'clock, it's like, I'm really looking forward to that tea that you're going to get. And you're just like, yeah, I, 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 I well, I, I just got, I just um, didn't want to go pick it up at this point. But and I was like, what do you mean? You're, what do you mean? You're like, not right now. I'm like, what do you mean? Not right now. And then seven o'clock comes and I'm like, and, and you're like, oh, I, I didn't get the tea. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't know that the specifics of your analogy make a ton of sense to me, but the shape of it feels right. So, <laughs> like, anyway, they just like tell you to do something you've been meaning to do. You're like, not right now. Like, not, right, not today. Yeah, sure. What do you mean not today? Yes. I'm so fucking mad. A- anyway, Thancred tells us all to leave. Minfilia objects, and she doesn't. We all run off, and it's a dad battle. It's time for dad fight <laughs> to finally face off. We're playing as Thancred. Playing as Thancred should not feel this boring. Thancred is so cool in cutscenes. Oh, yeah. It's just one, one, one. This you don't is even not have to do a one, great two, three, pitch on the Gunbreaker you, class. No, the Gunbreaker class is one of the most... It's the definitely the most technically button-heavy button and challenging tank to play, for sure. It's it's really it's it's actually really really fun. It's badly designed, I will say, because like your job is to be using mitigations and repositioning the boss, and you have to be double weaving, uh, double weaving, double weaving off globals for your in your damage rotation and like your high damage phase. And of course, boss mechanics occur right when your high damage phases happen, where you're pressing the most buttons. So it's like. It's a little clunky design-wise for savage rating, but for casual play, Gunbreaker slaps. <laughs> I might, I might do a Gunbreaker. Well, I should Dark just, Knight. I mean, then I'll do Gunbreaker. Yeah. Oh, the Dark Knight. The Gunbreaker story is really good too. The Dark Knight story is much better. Yeah. Um, anyway, my... as the fight goes on, Thancred turns invisible with some abilities that we have, which I, I guess is what the cartridges that Menphilia gave him mm. do. But also, they're taxing on him. Like it's like turning invisible in this way. Like it, like it takes energy out of him. Yeah, because he doesn't. He can't manipulate ether really i guess oh so right because like he, he got his like, ether yeah. stuff screwed up right yeah he's all fucked up mm-hmm. ether wise so um yeah oh but a cool thing here is we use we do do the invisibility ability a couple times and then he catches on yeah renji catches on to it and starts like kind of like catching us out with these aoe attacks while we're in the middle of it but then we finally pull off the super special one and we sneak up on him and get a sword combo out yeah and then, and Renji at the end is like, hey, you would have her suffer and die. I would spare her her fate. And Thancred is like, that's not for you or anyone else to decide. And 
Correct point. You have handled everything up until this point incorrectly. You could have said that to That is Minfilia. the right point. You could have said that to... You could have said that to her face, and I, I, I don't know, he kind of did, but it's like, he did say, like, oh, it's your choice. And then we don't even kill Ranjit here. His snake thing explodes with electricity, and he vanishes. Yeah, he just runs away. And then Thancred's like, I get some inner monologue and dramatics, <laughs> whatever. He stares up at the light, and his gun blade is stuck in the ground. He's dead? I swear to God. It God, cuts to us. It I cuts- swear to God. After the whole Papalimo thing, I, th- I thought Thancred was dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, Papalimo got a way better <laughs> character rebirth. Not much. He's still kind of, a, he's still kind of annoying, but like got a little bit a much better treatment before he died so thankfully anyway is he dead oh no cut to us at the edge of the flood of light minfilia now feels ready to confront the og minf and she's here somewhere let's go find her crossroads crossroads just like the boys to men song up at the top of the palace there's a blinding light and we get a migraine oh minfilia also gets one which is weird yeah, we get an echo vision of the city back before it was a ruin, when the flood was arriving. Yeah. People fleeing in the streets, mass hysteria, flood rolling towards them. Someone literally screams the end is nigh. Whole <laughs> lot is... of whole lot of handlebar mustaches. <laughs> uh-huh. That was in the that was the style at the time, hundred years ago. Suddenly, yeah, you, you know, you got a potato on your belt and a handlebar mustache on your face. Mm. Anyway, there's somebody up on the palace. Uh, suddenly, it's Minfilia, our original Minfilia, and her body begins to glow as she. Oh, with with the help of all of our the spirits of all of Ardbert's companions, yeah, uh, summons enough power to halt the wall of light where it stands. And she's kind of like consuming all of his companions in order to fuel like what she needs to do to stop the wall. Yeah, and then Ardbert offers himself up, and she says no. She bade him stand back. He also wants to sacrifice himself in order to like be part of this. And she says, no, your time has not yet come. When all hangs in the balance, you must give them hope. She's knows, she knows something. She knows something about the future. Um, what and, else does she say? Well, um, then she comes to us in a vision. We're awake and we're like in the flood or we're just in a being of like uh, light off, off little, little like coffee creamer everywhere. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's a little cafe latte uh, set piece. Um, what? Why? Oh shit! What up, Minfilia? She's there. She's in her long hair and white gown and blue eyes and, and she's little here pink to, hair ties. And she's here to address her reincarnation. It's nice to see her again. She just sort of nods at us, and we're like, "All right, yeah, sorry for being nice, whatever." Uh, Reen at this point says what she wants, and she asks to the Oracle to basically. She ends up basically asking the Oracle to give up her consciousness uh, to obtain her power. Uh, and if I were Minfilia, if I were the Oracle, I would welcome that so fast. Uh-huh. I would welcome Oblivion like you would not <laughs> You would not believe. I'd be like, yep, no questions asked. But she ends up having a really touching monologue here about her hopes, desires, and everything that she wants for it, this planet and the source. And like this and it, this mostly works, but there's still a moment in here where like where Minfilia is talking to young Minfilia. You called her by her her name, but like w- we could say Minfilia and then Oracle of Light. Uh, I yeah, guess. But the Oracle of Light is talking to Minfilia and it says it's natural to be afraid, but with your many trials, you have grown stronger and wiser, and with the support of those you hold dear, you have grown to love yourself. And it's like mm. good. Yes, this is good. That would but have, that two would quests have. ago, she was calling herself worthless and a burden. Again, it's like the the, the shift is very rapid. It's quite there. Yeah, the shift is very rapid, and the support from the, her loved ones has been tenuous and best. Uh-huh. Uh, but whatever. I mean, that's what they're trying to say. Like, I'm glad we're getting. We're glad we're getting here at this point. I'm glad they're not dragging it out too long. I just wish they'd gotten to that middle part a little bit sooner. Um, she also mentions no one, however powerful, is immune to the whisperings of doubt and despair. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting tidbit. Um, and um, 
also she turns to us and she says only together may you change the fate of two worlds and that line comes back later so i wanted to highlight okay. it now only together may you change the fate of two it worlds. comes back later this 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 chapter so oh, okay <laughs> if you didn't notice you didn't notice i'm glad i didn't I notice it, it then okay okay sure i guess that's weird normally we have we do have seven friends in a group for the boss battles <laughs> so is that what she means um after this minfilia we we wake up uh in the desert minfilia is slumped over on the ground our our the the, the current one we're perfect and we're perfectly fine but her hair and her eyes they're her, different yeah her hair is red and her eyes are green they're blue they're just the, like a pale blue they're, they're pale not the, they're okay. not the the aqua gemstone unnatural gross blue yes so. and like and like what's happened like the parting gift she's been given is like freedom from the path that all the others were stuck on yeah. like a life to call her own yeah great great awesome this is exactly what i wanted for this character yeah we go back to a town called ladle <laughs> and we uh, meet up with the group and thankard is just there on the steps totally fine he's fine <laughs> a bit beaten up cool well i guess that that whole dramatic death scene was unwarranted <laughs> And then, like, and he, he's happy to see her. He's like, oh, you saw her. She says, I know I haven't been pulling my weight up until now, but that's going to change starting today. I'm like, hard you disagree. You are 16. One hard disagree. You are, girl, you are so hard on yourself. She has saved a lot of lives. Uh-huh. Killed a lot of sin eaters. But go on. This is your moment. Um, Thancred welcomes her. And she's still a bit meek about it, but he reassures her that she's family, which is really nice. Yes. Finally. So he says something nice to her face. Also, Estrola is like, you know, you need a new name now. You're not Minfilia anymore. You're not trapped in her shadow. So you should have a new name. Woo! And then she doesn't remember her old name. She's so she's um, taken as an infant. And then Alphano. Alphano. Alph- There's a pause here. There's like a moment, right? <laughs> and listen, okay, in Alphano's defense, how, I mean, how many of our listeners will empathize with Minfilia. Coming up with a name for yourself or even for it's your hard. fucking character in like World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy 14, it's really fucking hard. Um, I do think that this, they, maybe they didn't need to make her commit so fast. Yeah. But she ended up liking it. So. She, I, I think like... But Alphino, Alphino's like, well, if she doesn't have a preference and she's like, well, she's this meat girl who like Give her has no give space. Her, give her half an hour. Let her just like go sit in a rock and think about what she might like for her name. But no, Alvin was like, "Oh, Thancred should name her." And he's after he's practically a father to her. And then Thancred offers up the name Rhine. Reen. 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 Sorry, R Y N E. And and look, it's, it's we, Faye we have, and blessing. And then Ariange is like, "Were you paying attention in class?" And he was like, "From that one random thing, yeah. Otherwise, no." We we have done a lot of ranting about. Reen's arc over the course of this episode and even in previous episodes. Yeah. I am not going to keep harping on this forever. I gather it feels like we've gotten to a pretty good sort of like a bit of closure on a lot of the stuff that she was dealing with. Yeah. So, and I'm happy with where she has ended up. So I am glad for this character. I think that the route that we have taken here is fucked up and um, inconsistent in many ways, mm-hmm. but you know, if the end point is good, I can live with that. Yeah, um, and she did the best thing ever. She killed Minfilia! She's dead! <laughs> she did finally, Woo! finally kill Minfilia for I you. I mean, I know she, she's Just basically for you. gone, but like, but yeah, no, she's, <laughs> woo! For that, I will always love her. <laughs> okay. A fresh start. Next quest. Reen now has the ability to see Light Wardens basically like, you know, through solid matter and stuff. She knows where to find it underground. 
Yeah, she can see it. She has the Oracle's power, and it's in in uh, a place called Malika's Well. Which okay. is a dungeon, the level 77 dungeon. Let's fucking go. Dungeon boss recap. First boss, Armadillo Man. Slash down, get, get out, get in, spin around, kill the ads. Armadillo Man. Easy. Pretty yeah. easy. Second boss, a Satalus with a bucket on his head. <laughs> <laughs> the amphibious Talos. The amphibious Talos with a bucket on his head. He does a little knockback and a bunch of water arrows in the pizza pie move. Third boss, biblically accurate angel. Yes, this, this is. I <laughs> wanted the light and words, eyes. I wanted the light words to look way more like this. This one is like some. So it is some like some Evangelion I like, shit. I appreciate it's like, the. I appreciate the variety of cosmic horror. <laughs> it's like a giant coin with we've a bunch the, of disembodied wings. We've had we've had you know Midsummer Night's Dream. We've had the the Levi- the Lovecraftian thing. What was the third one? We've had actual hell. Actual we had Cerberus, hell. Cerberus, yes, Cerberus, we had Cerberus. The, and now we've got heaven. <laughs> yep. Okay. It's uh, pretty good. It's a good fight. I'm our healer and I die halfway through. You die, through. but we're good. You we, guys beat it anyway. Yeah, we just we just out DPS it. It's a good time. It's a good time. Um cut scene. We ate the light warden. It it's not good for us. It we're looks more painful. It looks more painful this time. Yeah, cut scene at the end there too. Um the miners kind of wonder. We cuts to the miners back in town. They wonder what happened to that train. Um the, what the fuck? Oh, the what they say the weather. They mentioned something about the weather. Uh, I don't know. And then, oh shit, the sky! <gasps> it's back. The miner's like, oh! And then it cuts to Halbert creepily looking at the sky. Yeah, yeah. we get a shot of the kid. We get a shot of the kid that Tesling was caring for, yeah. looking up at the sky, kind of like in his zombie state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We arise from the well to see the sky, and the Yulmoran fleet is retreating. Uh, also, how did the... Sci- Again, how did the Scions hold off the entire army? I don't fucking know. Like There was like five blips of soldiers! How did the three of them hold it off? I mean... I, I guess I guess they, I could, they're pretty strong. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Actually, I probably could hold them off myself too. Anyway, the sin eaters begin retreating back to the last refuge, back to Valtry's, uh back to Yulmore. So where, yeah. where the that's where the final shutdown is going to be. That brings us to the quest. More than a hunch. Oh, is this the last one? It's the last one. Let's go. Let's go. Let's yep. go. Back to the Crystarium to debrief with the Exarch. At the Crystarium, Yashola asks uh, Reen if she's noticed anything about my my appearance. And she says, you know, hey, now that I have Minfilia's sight, I can see that the light within you has grown monstrous. Um, suddenly there's like a weird like snapping noise, like glass cracking. Yeah. And I clutch my head because I'm growing sick. And it's like, yeah, the light inside me is becoming a problem. Reen can kind of suppress it, but she can't do much more. And Destrol is like, okay, I need to think about this because this is going to be an issue. And she bades me to rest up further. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we um, go back to quarters. And Arbor's just there. No jump scare this time. Yep. He implies that he'd, uh, he implies us that, you know, we ask where he was and he implies that he'd rather not have gone back to Amarang. That makes sense. Um, sadly, we, for him, we inform him that Minfilia is departed and thus he no longer has any explanation, you know, or any way to get any explanation for why he had to stay behind. Ah, oh, fuck. Also, we start to have a light attack. Yeah, a light attack. Arbert reaches out to us and burns his hand on us. Suddenly, some yeah weird light surge happens, and he's like, "Ah, what the fuck? Gross!" Like that must have been the first time he's felt anything in a hundred years. So that must have been significant. Yeah, uh, we seem to realize, and then then this is where the the the, the we we call back to Minfilia's words about you know we have the dialogue option to say Minfilia said something about together, right? Oh, together you'll save two worlds. Yeah. It, oh yeah is Ardbert going to sacrifice himself to absorb the light it could be it could be if he's able to interact because like the other souls were able to interact with the light right so yes. maybe that's what I mean, he... his role is to like do this mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. okay maybe 
I think that's I think that's a that's kind of a one possible explanation for what's about to happen. He shrugs it off because he has no faith in himself, though. He's like, maybe she wanted me to do something. Like, no, I'm just a stupid soul. It's like, oh, here we go again with this guy now. Then we get a knock at the door, and the crystal exarch is waiting for us a little bit sheepishly to answer. We do, and we explain what happened in Amarang, and he, while he expresses his concern, uh, he begs for us to survive this. Uh, okay, weird. We'll try, I guess. Um, we then in, in the dream, we then go to sleep and have another vision dream. And this time it's about Edmond closing the Heavensward Chronicles while, he- while Ishgard is being bombarded with... That was Edmond. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I was very confused by this. Yeah, I knew it was Ishgard. He, I yeah, knew it he was... wrote that. Yeah, okay. Anyway, uh, Ishgard is falling over and like shit's fucked up. So here's... Do you know what the fuck that is? I don't know if they actually ever explained this. So I have a theory. No. So so what I what I just have here is like something's going on here. This is Ishgard during a time of chaos for all Eorzea. The entire world appears to be in disarray. That like this appears to me to be a vision of like the whole world kind of falling apart. As yeah. at like if we fail at this, this is what will this is what awaits us. Yeah. Yes. And I so I think that it's an echo vision, right? But. It's an echo vision of the past that we are trying to unwrite. Oh, like this, like, yeah. This, like it's like a ti- it's like the Exarch. Yeah, because is like yeah, doing he's... time manipulation to avoid this past future. Or whatever. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we're like yeah, so it's just like we're getting we're getting some. I don't know why we're it's happening in this end we're in our dreams, but like that's what I think the game is trying to tell us. Like we're getting these visions of what's caused the eighth umbral calamity, or what's going to cause the eighth umbral calamity in this timeline got it okay yeah. makes sense so that's what i think's happening i don't think they ever make it explicit but like I'm, i like that they don't sometimes it's just like fuck weird shit's happening <laughs> a little a little a little lynchian we'll call it and that's gonna do it for the recap segment we actually yep. made decent ish time on that yeah um, yeah because OG, we didn't yeah. really love it uh we didn't have much <laughs> you say we didn't have much to talk about <laughs> we had we had a whole lot of uh boring quests to talk about that's for sure but, well, I mean, we'll see. I don't know. We're probably still going to go on um, because at this point, we have a recurring segment. The Charlian Forum is back, baby. We do have a Charlian Forum. We do have a Charlian Forum. Um, we got some stories to tell. The The topic at hand was on our Discord. You can check our links in the show, socials to join and participate in the next Charlian Forum, which I don't know when that will be, but a couple episodes probably. Um, I did like waiting a few episodes between... Anyway, um, I think so. The question was, "What's your most memorable case of mistaken identity?" <laughs> Which is like tangentially related to when the thieves thought we were brigands, and also to Minfilia's whole thing or Reen's whole thing about our, their identity. Um, and uh, the, our the first response I'm going to read off is by user Dusk, and they say, "In their freshman year of college, they got pranked by a YouTuber pretending to be one of his friends, and he got lucky and ending up saying the names of a couple of people they actually knew." while uh the youtuber was being all chummy and stuff and then a completely random person later on campus recognized them after the video got uploaded so they were just (laughs) prank approached and filmed and then like hey you're in this video looking like a total doofus and i'm like that counts that's like yeah you thought you just thought you was somebody and you you were pretending that they were you know a friend of yours or like that maybe they were in some class you're in right that kind of counts i think that's interesting enough to include thank you for sharing dusk that's kind of like Mm-hmm. You didn't, they they didn't provide a link to the video, and I'm I don't know I'm not gonna dox. We them. don't need to go like yeah, track this down. Go but them, but I, I, I believe it. I believe it. They didn't really care. They they elaborated. They didn't care. They're like, yeah, sure, publish that. Flabbergasted, just like what the pen? What was this? Um, 
then uh, following that, uh, senior Bud Lynx um, pointed out something. God that we ended up having a long discussion about in the Discord, in the thread. So if you want to read that, you can log in there. Um, he s- says he used to play a MUD, a text-based online RPG, and I used to play with him. Oh, boy. We were big on MUDs in junior high. Yeah. Like, wow, that takes like, me back. Game, video games online, they weren't that good. You know, they were text games that were what we did in, in the early aughts. We should bring MUDs back. There's some, we were, in this discussion, we we're like, man, these MUDs are still around. <laughs> 30 years later or whatever. And uh, they had very strict rules about alt characters back then. Uh, so they were monitoring your IPs and you could only have one alt and you had to wait a half hour between logging out of one character and logging into the other. And in order to get around that and to explain why he was logging on to two characters from the same IP address, he fabricated a story about having a sister in real life. And this, again, is my friend of oh, nigh on 30 years or 25 years at this point. Um so this is all true, all true. Um, and then posed as her for at least several months, maybe longer, um, much longer, Lynx. Um, I also played this game with him. And I could provide my side of the story. So my side of the story is that this bitch included me in, in that story and like made, like her name was Vanessa, right? And she was like going to college, but like staying there every so often to play. <laughs> And then, like, oh every time God. I would go visit, she's like, oh, you just missed Vanessa. This is so elaborate. And I'm like, I know, right? And I would always notice being like, man, there's, like, no... He, like, had a picture of her, which was just some random woman's yearbook photo that looked kind of like him. <laughs> just a you know, brown hair, blue-eyed girl. I was like, yeah, sure, that's Vanessa. Did you and like I was a like, security where? number for her? And like- he, he had... So his family is really interesting. It's just it's like one of those situations where he's a lot of step-siblings. And I was just like... There were a lot of pictures of people that looked like sisters on the wall, but none of them were Vanessa. But I never thought to ask because I thought it'd be really rude. Be like, "Which hey, one's where's Vanessa?" Vanessa? <laughs> and I didn't find out that Vanessa was fake until I was eighteen. Because <laughs> like we stopped playing that game, and then like Van- like just she never came up, and so I was like, he must have been just living with that lie for like eight years. <laughs> It was outrageous, but I think we should bring Vanessa back. <laughs> I miss her. <laughs> the Vanessa revival? I, I can't remember if he like acted differently as Vanessa or not. But he even had like her own MSN messenger account to talk <laughs> with me. And then we would have like three-way chats where he would be both people. God. I'm just remembering that now. Do people do they do weird shit like this with Discord? I don't feel like they do. I'm sure fe- they do if they're ten. Maybe like this, this feels so tied to the weird like instant messenger culture of like the early two thousands. Like, we couldn't like we just yeah, there was we, we we were able to contact each other, but yeah, this was so nascent. Oh, I'm getting lightheaded. Um, all right, so uh, I have a story. No, I want you to tell your story if you have one. I, I don't think a story particularly, but I do have. So this this happened to be all the time. I yeah. think it actually stopped happening just about before I met you. Yeah. But from like, especially in like my early to mid teens. Oh, like you just even, called Harry Potter. Yeah. Well, the Harry Potter stuff or being mistaken for Daniel Radcliffe. Like, oh my God. you know, like, like one or the other, like 
I was constantly called Harry Potter. I think some girls on a flight once thought I was Daniel Radcliffe until they noticed I was flying in coach. <laughs> um, I would be like waiting for the bus on the side of the road and a van would drive by and the kids in the back would yell, hi, Harry Potter. Yeah. I was hiking in a lava tube in Washington State. And by like the lamplight, we heard the echoing whispers of the other tour group as they passed us. And they were like, that kid looks like Harry Potter. Like it just it used to happen to me. Yeah. Yeah. literally like once a month or, or more frequently that sounds so, annoying that sounds annoying yeah i'm i'm glad that that doesn't happen as much anymore right yeah me too even though i now wear the round glasses which i didn't at the time yeah oh my god well my story also involves senior bud links <laughs> two for two a double feature of this douchebag i was moving him out of an apartment right how harsh uh, whatever <laughs> <laughs> moving moving him out of an apartment and um we were just about done and it was really late at night it was like 11 30 12 at night right um and there was one thing left that to move out basically and there was this green blanket um and i knew that uh that he was out in the car and he was going to come back and check to make sure there wasn't anything left right before we drove off and left the keys or whatever to the place um so what I did was I had this blanket and I closed the door and I waited for him in the hallway of the apartment where there was like a little stairwell at the bottom where the door opens. Okay. And then I waited for the door open and I threw the blanket at the person that walked in that was not Senior Budlings. It was in <laughs> fact just a, a, just an adult man. I don't know. He's shorter than me, maybe 5'8". I throw the blanket going, Ha! Ah! <laughs> it's like a nasty chartreuse blanket. And he's like, oh, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I would be terrified. <laughs> I would have a heart and attack. And I just at the top of the stairwell doubled over in laughter, being like, I am so sorry. <laughs> and he's laughing, too, because I was like, I thought you were my friend. We're moving out. So you won't have to worry about this again. <laughs> That is an inverse <laughs> story I, of mistaken identity. It is like, you mistaking if, someone else's identity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who else could possibly be walking in at 11? Like, this is certainly going to be him, right? But no, he's just like, he's like, I just came back from work, man. I don't need this shit. Oh, so I'm just like, like unable to keep it together as I'm walking back to the car and just telling them what happened. They're like, you're such an idiot. <laughs> what would you do? Good Lord. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that was our, that's the, that's our Charlie and forum. If you want to participate, you can join our discord link in the description to all our socials. Um, but we've got one final bit before we close out. We've got some bills to pay. We got some retainers to check. Take us to, well, the market board. What is increasingly just becoming the 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 Podtron segment. We're gonna read some ads. Yeah. Well. So. Okay. So. Last episode, we talked about our Podtron reward tiers, which we were going to record personalized thank you messages uh, for each and every one of you, which I think we have like nine mm. paying subscribers now. So, you know, we're like, it's covering like, you know, 
some small portion of our we hosting should, fees. We should thank our subscribers at the end of this. We should thank our subscribers at the yeah, end of this. Yeah, yeah, we should but, thank them by name. So so we, we, we so I recorded a couple of those thank you videos. Uh-huh. Uh, I was very earnest. I put my, a lot of uh, heart into them. And my girlfriend walked by and, and saw the finished product and said that they were horrifying and unnerving and asked me to make sure that no one ever saw them ever again. Okay. So, okay, so we reworked the whole thing. Okay, new new pitch here. $5 a month. No, here's, no, 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 screw your pitch. Here's here's your new pitch, right? You're okay. going to thank them on this podcast, right? All your podcast. nine, your nine pod. Yep. Say their usernames. Say their names. Okay. Um. Thank you, Dill Pickle 18. Mm-hmm. Thank you, uh, Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Jennifer to win. There's a digit two in there. Okay, cool. Thank you, uh, Coffee Mate. <laughs> yeah, Coffee Mate. <laughs> The official coffee mate, Podtron. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Stanley Cleaner Carpet Steamer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Four you. more. <laughs> Thank you, Maximilian eight five one. Okay. Thank you, um, I Heart Mom. But it's like a little like the, the Chevron and then the three and okay. then M O M. You're the only one that says Chevron three in the entire planet. But go on. <laughs> Less greater than symbol. I don't know what you want from me. My God, go on. Um, thank you to. You got two more. Thank you to Californication. Yep. And thank you to uh, Senior Big. Senior Big. Thank you all so much. Say, read them again. I'm just kidding. <laughs> If I were Ben Schwartz, I'd be like, read those again. <laughs> so thank you for thank you for all your loyal subscriptions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really appreciated that. Um, I mean, I think that's better than any pitch you were going to say. But if, if you want to keep saying your other, pitch, oh, well, my other pitch also is okay. We can't keep doing this. Um, yeah, no. The videos are untenable. So new plan shouldn't be too much work. Um, we are going to launch at the bonus feed five dollar level. We will be doing a uh, Star Trek recap podcast. No, so we're, we're not. Doing, no. If there's one thing I, I'm confident no. it's that the audience for this podcast and the audience for a Star Trek recap podcast that Venn diagram there's is a so circle, many baby. Star Trek recap podcasts. So We'll be doing an episode of our podcast for every episode of every Star Trek series there is. No. Starting with the 70 or so in the original series, moving on to the 170 plus in Next Generation. Stop we'll, committing me to these things. So, you know, we'll start recording those soon. It shouldn't be as big of a project as Stormbuds. I what think it'll talking? be a bit easier in the scheme of things. What's the, what's the name of this? Um, <laughs> I mean, this is your idea, right? Yeah, it is my idea. Uh-huh. See, coming up with names is fucking hard. Yeah, coming up with names, names is, is hard. fucking hard, right? Give Reen a little credit. Storm Trek? No. That's pretty good. <laughs> Starbuds? Star Trek. <laughs> oh, not going to fucking happen. That's going to do it for this episode of Storm Buds. Thank you so much for listening to episode 31 of Storm Buds. Oh, my God. Um, again, link to our socials. Uh, is in the description of this episode. Um, and on the next episode, we are going to cover the uh, fifth chapter of Shadowbringers, so the 78 to 79 segment. We're getting close. Let's get his to ass. This episode and then the next episode that's live. It's fucking live. Oh, yeah, that's going to be live episode. It's going to be live. You know, It's going to be the um, the 22nd of July. Um, as for time... Um, we have not fully decided on one. We can decide on one right now. I think is we should give people a month. 
Yeah, think about I'm thinking this. like like afternoon to yeah, it was like two CST. Yeah, probably like two central. I think two central. Fine. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was what we did last time, and it worked yeah. out nice. So two central, July twenty, July twenty second. That. So if you're confused, yes, the live show is going to be on a Saturday, and then the episode, the VOD, the audio will be published the day after. Right. So it'll be the still you'll still get an episode of Storm Buds on Sunday, but the uh, the live one. If you want to be there live. You can um, join us. Sit in the audience. Yes. Um, we actually just moved our FC, so the address will change for the studio. <laughs> we moved to Shirogane because it sucks less. Um, well, we'll, we'll post it. Like, we'll, we'll put, post, like, yeah, we'll post it when in the Discord, and we'll say it on, on when done the next episode. Probably put probably. it in like an episode description at some okay, point. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. If you want to, if you want to be there, we'll also be streaming it live. Anyway, um, that's gonna do it for housekeeping. I think. Uh, anything else we want to? plug not really so um we will see you as we approach the finale of storm not storm but shadow shadow buds shadow buds buds. and uh until that happens (gasps) born from buds storm of buds we've been the storm buds baby good night My confidence in myself has dropped to negative 5%. I don't know what you're talking about. I think that was great. (laughs) Episodes where we both get angry about the same thing are the best. Yeah, I'm just tired.